everyone and welcome back to the Glam Observer podcast. I'm Jada, founder and CEO of the first fashion career advice platform Glam Observer, a fashion career coach, best-selling author, Forbes under 30, and in this podcast I will share actionable tips, tricks and behind-the-scenes secrets of the fashion industry. If you're an ambitious fashion enthusiast looking to start a career in this industry, you are in the right place. Today I'm chatting with Emily Ferguson, the Commerce Director at Marie Claire. You might already be familiar with their name because we recently had a partnership with Marie Claire UK to offer two fashion internships for the break into the fashion industry students and one of the internships were exactly with Emily Ferguson. An entry into the fashion industry is not the typical one of those who want to get into the glamorous industry. She studied international business, finance and economics and started her career in banking where she stayed for six years, but already with an exit strategy since the beginning. She went into banking in fact to save up some money to launch her own business and also pay for her student loan. When she had enough money saved, she took the leap and started her own e-commerce fashion affiliate business. She did a lot of networking and went to events to build many relationships. She ran a business for three years until the website design company she was working with went bust and one of the freelancers took the copyright. It owned the source code of the website, so when she had to launch her business, the quote was three times higher, so... That was the moment when she knew in her heart that it was not the right time to run an own business again and made the brave decision to step back and went to work for a fashion startup. Her own fashion business was her only experience in fashion. All her previous experience and what she studied were totally unrelated to fashion, but she was able to leverage her own fashion company perfectly to land a job in other fashion companies. So in case you're interested in trying this option too, so entering the fashion industry by leveraging your fashion business and then switch to the fashion corporate world, I suggest you to stay tuned to listen to this episode. But we also talked about many other things such as how your skills are always transferable even across industries. And also when I asked her, what it takes to get a job at a fashion magazine and what she looks for when hiring new people. She said that you don't always have to chase the money, but you have to follow your passions, not your money. We also talked about what a job is about as the e-commerce director and about her latest project, the Marie Claire Beauty Edit, and also what the future of the business of fashion publications look like. So without further ado, let's get started because it's so interesting this episode, you're going to learn a lot. Before quickly start this episode, let me just tell you that I've prepared for you a free PDF 
with the do's and don'ts of the fashion job applications. So in case you're interested in getting a job in fashion, I will leave you the link to download this free PDF guide with the do's and don'ts of the fashion job applications in the notes of this podcast episode. Now let's get started. Hello, Emily, and welcome to the Glam Observer podcast. I'm really honored and excited to have you on the show. Could you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name's Emily Ferguson, and I'm the e-commerce director at Marie Claire. What is really interesting about you is that you didn't study anything related to fashion. You studied international business and finance and economics, and you actually also worked in banking in the beginning of your career for almost six years. So how and when have you discovered that you wanted to work in fashion? And when you find out that you wanted to work in the fashion industry, did you already have in mind what department you wanted to work in? Um, yes. Yeah, so whenever I, whenever I was at university, I studied international business Uh, finance and economics um, and actually I find it a lot easier in terms of although I'm a very creative person I think education wise I definitely found like maths and numbers um, a lot easier and I remember my uh, old university coach saying you know I really don't think you should go into banking I really don't think it's for you but I think for me I was kind of hell-bent on um, going into banking saving some money paying off you know, my student loan and, um, you know, going and kind of getting a bit of a support network for myself. Mm-hmm. So within that, you know, I basically uh, went into banking, worked there over the credit crunch, uh, saved all the money to, and also wanted to save all the money to launch my own business. So it was always, I always had an exit strategy from the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, as if I knew I wasn't going to be there forever. It wasn't the career for me. I always had just wanted to run my own business. Um, but um, I think back in the day before there was, you know, social first businesses. And, you know, whenever I launched my business, there was no such thing as templated business uh, websites. You know, if you wanted to launch a website business, you had to get it made bespoke. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the kind of the barriers to entry were a lot harder um, when I launched. Um, and so I after um, six years and nearly six years of banking, I decided that's it. I've had enough. I've saved up enough money. I'm going to go and work in. Um, I'm going to go and set up my own e-commerce business. Um, I really love the fashion industry. I'm very creative. Um, I did actually do. Um, I actually furthered my education at the London School of Fashion. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school um, and I studied uh, a lot of e-com and retail courses, um, though back then even e-com courses were very limited. Uh, you know, people were kind of very hell bent on, you know, you take this course to open a store, an e-commerce store. So, I mean, it was it was very different time back then, 10 years ago. I mean, things have moved on so quickly. Um, and uh, yeah, so. I'm kind of glad that I took that risk, left a very secure job and went and set up my own business. Yeah, totally. So when you made the switch from banking to fashion was to start your own business. And what happened then after that? So I I just went out, I got myself out there. I networked, I started going to London Fashion Week. Uh, Even before it was, uh, even before bloggers were really allowed to go, 
and I just started to meet all the right people. I started to work with, um, so I, I started my own affiliate fashion business. So actually the barriers to entry were a lot lower than, um, you know, setting up a luxury store, for example, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> back then. Um, and so I went to all of the affiliate agencies. I banged down the, the doors of Net-A-Porter, the Outnet, um, you know, my wardrobe, which was an old uh, luxury site that was around back in the day. And, um, and yeah, and spent a long time, um, you know, building those relationships, going to events, style bar, all of the old kind of big, uh, big fashion hitters, um, and then launched my own website um, and created a, a shopping site which had over like t- five to 10,000 products, um, all curated from all of the top fashion stores. Yeah. And so it is your own business that then led you to working at other fashion companies in the e-commerce field. Exactly. I mean, I got quite lucky because, like I said, my I ran my business for three years. Uh, the web design company that I was working with, like I said, you couldn't get off the site templates back then. Um, the web design company that I was working with went bust. And then one of the freelancers who was working on my business um, took the copyright of my com- of my business, which unbeknownst to me, I owned the copyright of my company. But um, because the web design company had outsourced uh, the code of my comp- of my business, um, the, he, the web developer said, it's my business. I own the source code. You can't transfer it. So I, I basically couldn't do anything with it. Um, and then I was going to relaunch at that stage and I got to the final stages with two other developers and, um, they quote that they came back in at was three to four times higher than what they had originally quoted me to rebuild. So with that, I decided that I, I kind of thought, I just knew in my own heart that it wasn't the right time for me to, to run my own business um and that i just needed to take some time off you know i couldn't put my hand to launching that business again mm-hmm. um and so i kind of made the brave decision to to step back and i went to work for a fashion tech startup and so i did that as well um and i was uh, so that was a really good experience as well because it cemented a lot of my existing relationships in um in fashion um built up different new ways of doing things um so with all the technical expertise i'd gained in my own company all the financial um expertise um you know the kind of creative campaigns uh I, you know we did photo shoots um we did a lot of fashion styling then coupled with working in this very fast-paced startup um it worked really really well for me uh, and then I went to work at a broadsheet newspaper, which was the uh, Telegraph. Um, and then from the Telegraph, I got headhunted, uh, luckily, to go to um, Marie Claire because they had bought an old fashion resale uh, platform called Love Fashion Sales. Um, and they wanted someone to come in and really rebrand it and make it, uh, you know, the affiliate uh, shopping site 
that um, they knew it could be. Um, and they needed someone with that experience, with that technical know-how. So now I was super lucky because um, all of the experience I'd gone through in my own company um, had really kind of paid off. And it almost like my career went in full circle. Um, so I was able to, um, you know, get that job at Marie Claire um, and, you know, was so hungry and so keen for to kind of, you know, really go out there. And with the creation of the Marie Claire edit, I was really able to bring my old idea um, that I'd had many, many years ago um, to life. Yeah. Yeah, it was really interesting that you leverage your own fashion business. So without any previous experience in fashion in another company, you just leverage your own fashion business to then work at other companies. So for yeah. someone who, who is thinking about doing something similar, so maybe entering the fashion industry by starting their own fashion business and then wanting to switch to a corporate role, how have you leveraged your previous experience? How have you demonstrated that all your previous work at your own company was, you know, applicable to other fashion companies as well? I mean, I think that, you know, look, sk skills are always transferable, even across industry. You know, the work that I did in, in the bank might not have been that exciting. Um, you know, as I used to say, it's it was boringly stressful. But at the same time, it's... Um, it gave me attention to detail, something that's really important in digital marketing. Um, it gave me, um, you know, great commercial attributes as well to be able to, and it gave me an ability to problem solve. So I think that, you know, you've got to be quite relaxed with your career. I think everyone, and especially even when I was younger, you know, everyone is always in a hurry to, to get to the next place. And I suppose I am still in a way, but at the same time, you know, you've got to take advantage of the opportunities that are right in front of you. It might not be exactly what you want in life right now. Um, uh, but, you know, that won't necessarily mean that in the future those skills aren't transferable. And I think, you know, the, the skills that I learned running my own fashion business and the contacts that I had um, have enabled me to to be very successful at Marie Claire. And, you know, and don't get me wrong, when I started there, you know, we weren't making any money in affiliates. And, you know, I've turned it into over, you know, a six-figure six um, revenue line in, in less than three years. So, you know, I think that kind of level of success speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I had a really good grounding at The Telegraph and a really good grounding at the tech startup that I worked at as well. So, you know, those those kind of you can't kind of get that experience back. And and also, you know, the experience of running your own business, no one can take that away from you. You learn more running your own business in two years than you learn working for a corporate in, in 10. Okay. So, you know, I would say to anybody who wants to break into the fashion industry, you know, set up a blog, set up the, your Instagram account. You know, you have all these skills and all these tools at the moment to really go um, go for it and, you know, just put yourself out there. And I think take, take risks and don't be afraid to fail. Yeah. Because, you know, and just keep the, you know, perseverance as well is another thing. You know, people who persevere um, get what they want. You know, it's people who give up. You know, I could have easily of, you know, 
given up and gone into another kind of job. And I'm really glad that I didn't. I'm glad, really glad that I persevered because in the end, you know, I got, um, and it took 10 years to get there, but my career progression and my level of success, you know, I've managed to, to grow at 675% annual growth at Marie Claire. And that is because of being put in the right place at the right time, with the right opportunity, and being able to um, accelerate my growth because of all of the experiences that I've been through. Yeah, yeah. And when you say that you were in the right time in the right place, what I want to add is that this was not luck. You were in the right time in the right place because you worked to be there. So when you started your own business, you take decisions, you networked with people. So you hustled to get there. What I really want the message to share here is that You have to do the work. You don't have to just, oh, it's not a strategy, is what I usually say. So whenever you want to get a new job or a new opportunity or launch your own business, you really have to take action and be ready that there's going that you're going to encounter many no's, but those who go ahead and those who are successful, whether those who are the beginning of their career or those who are already started their career in the industry or those who have never stopped when they received one, 10 no's in the beginning? Oh, exactly. I mean, I received so many no's. And, you know, also another thing to really note is you can't, um, you can't take away that time you spend, you know, getting that experience. And, you know, also <clears throat> I think with a lot of people, you know, take, don't always chase the money. You know, and that's something that I've really noticed over the last, you know, five, six years of my life, you know, and I, I think as well, you know, and, and it really goes to show like I went into banking to make a good money to, but actually I earn more now than, you know, if I'd stayed in that career because I would never have progressed. So, you know, there's times when I've been offered more money to go and do other things, but actually if you follow them, if you follow your passion and follow what you love to do, don't be too concerned about making too much money too quickly because I think that will always come maybe a bit later when you follow your passions but you've got to just take that um you know follow your passion not your money is, is what I'm yeah. trying to yeah definitely in my book I do have a chapter that is called the myth of the dream job and I say that many people Many times people are fascinated by the salary or just the job title, even in the fashion industry, maybe like project manager here and there, but they don't even know what it really means that job, what these people do every day in the office. So it's really about not your salary, not your job title, but your passions. Also, because I believe in a, in an industry such as fashion that could be stressful in some situations, if you don't have the passion that drives you, it wouldn't be, I mean, I think it would be much more difficult to overcome stressful situations or any obstacles that you're going to encounter on your way. Exactly. So, you know, you've got to take all of that and um, and really... If you're passionate about something, you're always going to be 10 times more successful than if you take something just based on how much you're going to get paid. Yeah. And especially earlier on in your career, because you'll end up reaching a plateau in your job. You know, you'll, you'll end up reaching a point where you're not passionate, you're doing what you're doing, and you're never going to excel in that kind of those kind of situations because your mind's not switched on. You haven't got your passion points, you know, 
you're not reaching for those different things that inspire you yeah yeah what i'm actually noticing recently is that i believe the main obstacles now that i've been doing this for four years now is that people have like a closed mind and even though they say they want to work in fashion they're not doing anything that they can it seems like you're close you feel overwhelmed overwhelmed too soon or even just thinking about i don't know taking the resources that you need that you know that you need these resources but you really can take the big step because knowing that you need this thing and actually getting this thing now for example i just launched my book and people ask me exactly what's inside the book they want more information on the chapter because they want to know if it's worth the investment and we're just talking about a 15 euros book so i really believe the work that needs to be done is on their own mindset and really being open to yeah an open mindset a growth mindset and if you have this mindset inside then you will be able to not just overcome any obstacles but you would be motivated to go ahead and this is how you're going to get what is your end goal yeah exactly i totally agree yeah So let's go back to to your career. So you started at Marie Claire and you're now the commerce director at Marie Claire. So at fashion magazines, people don't just write articles or styles. So what is your job about? Um, my job is, um, is to basically look at how we bring in new streams of revenue. So instead of, you've obviously got traditional advertising. So I kind of sit between advertising and editorial so i do write i do do a bit of writing for marie claire as well um, when i have the time um but what we normally what i normally do day to day is very very varied i mean i um you know either managing a new launch uh for example we've got the launch of the marie claire uh edits uh beauty channel which is going live um by the um in, on the 31st of march We, which is in association with Netta Porter, which is very exciting. So we're planning that at the moment. Um, I also organize all of the technical briefs because I've built my own um, website before. I build uh, my, I manage all the developers. So that takes up a lot of my time. So we spend a lot of time like testing the websites, uh, you know, working out what the next uh, course of action is, managing my team. So like I said, I have a team of developers that work on the Marie Claire edit. I have an account manager who um, works and manages all the fashion accounts. She, she works across all, uh, like from anyone from Net-A-Porter all the way through to ASOS. Um, she manages those accounts. And then she has a campaign executive as well because we do marketing campaigns for brands. Um, and then we also have an editor. I also have an editor who writes for me as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then I uh, manage a designer as well for all the design uh, developments uh, that uh, that need to happen for launches, for branding, for branding. So a lot of my job is very tactical. So it's really looking after, you know, so we've got the Marie Claire Edit, which is our e-commerce platform. We've got Marie Claire Vouchers. We've got Marie Claire VIP, which you can get cash back on all your purchases. And we've also got Marie Claire Beauty Drawer. So if you sign up to that, you get um, free samples delivered direct to your door. So yeah, so there's lots and lots and lots of different areas and, and projects that I'm working on. 
Um, and it's really, I really oversee the, the growth and, you know, how do we drive the revenue and the business forward um, to kind of keep accelerating our growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to, I'm very curious to know more about this new e-commerce platform, which is, you know, not so very, is new in the fashion publications industry. So for those who don't already know, there is already Marie Claire Edit and now you're launching the beauty e-commerce as well. So can you talk about what it is, this Marie Claire Beauty Edit and also the Marie Claire Edit, how does it work and why you have decided to add this e-commerce platform to Marie Claire? Well, like I said, we had the opportunity to, to leverage um, the power of an old platform that we'd acquired called Love Fashion Sales. Um, and so we bought that and we've re-engineered it, brought it up to um, the kind of speed with everything um, and enabled ourselves to build um, the platform that has enabled um, us to kind of grow and, and reach new sorts of uh, search terms, such as um, it's enabled us to reach uh, like Gucci trainers, for example. These are things that we would not be able to reach um, with content alone. So it's really expanded our mix in terms of where we um, where we kind of can go with our content and it's all automated as well. Um, so all of our pages are automated so we can kind of create, so we've got uh, nearly 20,000 uh, shopping URLs that we now rank for. Um, and so really we wanted to expand on that and um, grow into, um, into beauty. It's kind of, it closes the loop really in terms of our experience and, um, you know, our knowledge and know-how and to, to be launching with such an amazing partner like Netta Porter. Um, it's really amazing that we've been given that opportunity. Um, so yeah, so we'll be going live with all of their products on site and then we will be looking to take other brands on. So similar to how the shopping section works, you'll be able to shop every single beauty brand all in the same place. And do you think projects like this are the future of the business of fashion magazines? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that, you know, every we need, we need to like we need to be able to innovate, you know, the the rise of social media, the decline in print advertising, you know, publications need to find ways to create their own ecosystem you know, and bring all of those touch points together of, you know, purchase, um, but also for user engagement, data acquisition, SEO, you know, how do you scale your brand from an SEO perspective? How do you, how do you gain and inspire and retain new customers? How do you, uh, you know, scale your business? Um, how do you find new revenue streams? I mean, these are all really, really important fundamental questions that need to be asked or, or have been asked at you know in within the publishing sector yeah and i also wanted to ask about changes what do you think have been the biggest changes after or with the pandemic with the pandemic i mean we've been really lucky um from an e-commerce point of view because we've seen our sales go up i mean we had a bit of a dip last may last march but by May, we had made more money than we had the, the previous Black Friday. So that is pretty, 
sort of telling for me really in terms of um, we've been quite lucky and I think our content you know we've done amazing content uh, features around in this together um, and you know that was really exciting kind of content based around COVID and kind of educating our users you know with stories all around the world from the pandemic so there was lots of very exciting uh, you know insightful uh, pieces of of media that we've been able to gather from that so I mean it's obviously been an awful situation for everybody though yeah yeah and also I'm curious to know something more about your edit section so the difference between buying from Marie Claire edit or buying from their own store is that you selected the pieces so the pieces that you see on the Marie Claire edit are selected by editors right so what is the difference between shopping on Marie Claire or what, I mean, together so with everything the biggest, Sorry, the biggest difference is that we can, you can just shop loads. Of, so instead of going to loads of different stores, mm -hmm. you can go to um, one shop and you can shop loads of different sites um, all in the same place. That is the, that is the USP of the Marie Claire edit. Yeah, and do you make the selections or do you work with brands to select the pieces? Um, no, so we actually aggregate over 1.3 million products on, on store. But within that, we also have um, curated shopping feeds for all of our editorial team. So you can shop every brand on the web. You can search for every type of Gucci trainer from over 55 different stores in the one place. Um, or you can also go through and shop uh, what our editorial team are shopping. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. So my last question would be, since we are here at Glow Observer, most of the people would be interested in starting a career in fashion. What would be your advice for those who want to start a career at fashion publication today? Today, I would say just get out there and talk to people. You know, with all the people are so approachable at Marie Claire. Um, they are all really nice. You know, send us an email if you really want to come and work here. Like, send us an email. The, the last person I hired, the last person I hired, was um, from LinkedIn. It was a girl who contacted me. She worked at a bank. Um, she really wanted to work in fashion and in beauty, um, and she worked as in a PR role in a bank. And she contacted me. And it just so happened I had a role that was coming up and she was perfect for it. Definitely. So, so you know, that's what I mean. Don't don't think that this uh, and, you know, come and do an internship with us. If you're if you're only just starting out, come and, you know, come and if there's a role going and you're good, people want to hire good people, you know, but don't go into an internship and feel like. Uh, you know, we want to hire people who really want to work here. You know, I've interviewed so many people and it's like almost just a bit of a tick boxing exercise. Those people don't either don't get the job or they don't last very long. Everyone who works at Marie Claire is super, super engaged and super, super um, excited to be there. And, you know, I think that it's about your attitude you know it's a can-do attitude um and it's also somebody who's resilient you know you can't take a knockback you know we have people who contact us all the time some people um especially from an from a like from an internship point of view i will always read 
and consider every single person that um that comes to us yeah definitely definitely thank you so much emily for being on the glam observer podcast today no no problem i'm happy to do that I really hope you enjoyed this new podcast episode. If so, please leave a review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.